guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram, you know, wherever you're getting a book. We are your book club besties. We're a podcast by book besties for book besties everywhere. We have found our people. We see you all in our DMs. So hi and welcome to another another unhinged recording of Book Talk Made Me podcast. We have a book today that I'm excited to talk about. And I just found out some background on this and I'm like, this makes more sense. So I'm excited to get into it. But I'm your host, Caitlin, joined by Hilda and Bridget. Hi. Could not get to the unmute button quick enough. Hi. <laughs> I was like, why are you just staring at us? Can I just, can I just say... For some reason, when I say hi and bye, I often don't get picked up in the recording. No, they just notice that when I edit. I maybe just be like hi. You guys say it at the same time usually. You're like hi. We do usually say it at the same time when it gets I, I think merch, and we say it at the same like high pitch frequency because we're from yeah, Miami. <laughs> Gemini there Wonder Twin Towers. Two of you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, today we are going to be talking about a book called The Hurricane Wars. And I'm curious, I think this was recommended to us, right? It was it was making the rounds on TikTok. And I forget who mentioned it. Somebody told us in our DMs. DMs, yes. And I was like, I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then I was like, oh, romance. Oh, person of color. Oh, I don't know, all these things that I was like, we're gonna read this. And we read it. And we have thoughts and feelings. Right, because the storyline is inspired by East Asian myths and also uh, apparently Kylo Ren Ray fanfics. Which so, I thought was really interesting and now it makes so much sense. I only knew that it was inspired by East Asian myths. I'm like, why am I reading so much of Star Wars into this? But that makes more sense knowing what I know now. Oh, so Lord. we're going to give you the over dramatic, dramatic book synopsis. We're going to give you thoughts and feels, and we're going to give you background. We're going to walk you through the plot. We're going to bring you on this hurricane war journey with us. And then we're going to get into our final star ratings, of course. So who wants to hook us up with the uh, overdramatic, dramatic book synopsis? I guess I will take this. Um, Go forth, Sister Hilda. I feel like it's been a while. Okay. The heart is a battlefield. All Taliesin has ever known is the Hurricane Wars. Growing up an orphan in a nation under siege by the ruthless Knight Emperor, she found her family among the soldiers who fight for freedom. But she is hiding a deadly secret. Light magic courses through her veins, a blazing power believed to have been wiped out years ago that can cut through the Knight Empire's shadows. Prince Alaric, the Emperor's only son and heir, has been tasked with obliterating any threats to the Night Empire's rule with the strength of his army's mighty shadow magic. He discovers the greatest threat yet in Taliesin, a girl burning brightly on the battlefield with the magic that killed his grandfather, turned his father into a monster, and ignited the Hurricane Wars. He tries to kill her, but in a clash of light and dark, their powers merge and create a force the likes of which has never been seen. The war can only end with them, but an even greater danger is coming, and the strange magic that they can create together could be the only way to overcome it. Talison and Alaric must decide. Are they fated to join hands or destroy each other? Dun, dun, dun. I like how we have to add that <laughs> every time. Okay, so the first line... Heart is a battlefield. I always read as love is a battlefield. A little pat bench. And heart. the song just plays in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, love is heart a is a battlefield. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Did that on a second guitar hero? No, hit me with your best shot. I did in Guitar Hero. Also in the third. Hit me with your best pat, shot. Pat guitar classic. It's a good song. It is. So let's get into thoughts and feels. Now we know. We know where we are a little bit. We know what the stakes are. Let's talk about it. Oh, uh, spoiler warnings, of course, because we're going to be talking about a book and all the major plot points. So if you don't want to be spoiled, tread no further. On that I note, feel like Bridget should go first because she became a convert. I, I feel like that's a strong... Okay. Anyhow, I'm going to back it up, reverse it, and jump into it. So when I started this book, I was very excited to be reading a new book, a new series, a new world, a new fantasy world that was not based on the same myths and legends and folklore that we are used to. Reading part one, 
was one I did not initially love this book. So this book is broken down into part one and part two. And part one, while it was fine, it was not my fave. I really started enjoying the book when we came into part two. And I believe, because, you know, I'm just little old Bridget and I really should not have any say in anything, but I believe this book would have been so much better if part one was integrated into part two as some sort of flashback. In the chapters. I know yes. in the past I've said I've absolutely hated that, but now that I have read more books in that way, I kind of enjoy the way it builds up. So we learn where their tension and their hate comes from as they are like learning to rely on each other and present. So that was my beef with this book. That is one of two criticisms. My second one was it was over descriptive and she was using too many words. Yes. For the smallest things. And I was like, one, you know, your girl is, you know, not the best with the SAT vocabs. Fine. Kindle, I use the, you know, dictionary feature all the time. Happy to learn new things. But oh my God, it was like chunky paragraphs of just like- Oh, I have one highlighted. Description, description, description. I have one highlighted. I do appreciate in some sense when it's, you know, she's building this new world. She's building, you know- this history and stuff like that. So you do need it to a certain extent, but good Lord, I don't even think a man would be able to describe all the colors of her wedding dress, the way that that man was describing it. Like I'm saying what, let's just be a little bit realistic, but I, I do appreciate because that's culture that she's basing it off. Their culture is vibrant. Yeah. They have a lot of colors. They have a lot of flavors and stuff like that. And so like you have to be able to describe it and she's introducing it to people who've never even, you know, heard of any of it. So I get it. But for me, it was just had a bit too much. A little too wordy. It was a little too wordy for me. And I know Hilda, you know, she's the wordsmith of the group. So she's probably gonna have a different opinion of me. I absolutely had that completely different reaction. Again, I enjoyed the smut of book talk. I feel like I'm the middle has a literature degree or English degree. You know, so I still appreciate it. I did love the world building, the world that she created along with the magic systems and the storyline that she has created with these two prince and I don't know if we're allowed to say what she is now yet. Um, I liked how it unraveled minus the fact that I think part one and part two could have been combined. Part one was tough to get through because so much of the world building was set up in the beginning. It reminded me a little bit of Crescent City where we have so much information and world building and set up, but it was... And I don't know if I got used to it in part two, but the early parts of part one where you're learning this new magic system, all their new terminology for things, it's not something we're familiar with. Then you've got SAT vocab words like conflagration. We don't get to read that every day in a sentence. (laughs) This reminded me of like when your teacher reads a passage in like middle school and you're like, highlight the vocab words and then write like 10 definitions of the words you didn't know i would have been doing use your context clues right i'm like this is very sat rich and not to make us sound like dum-dums here because we're not i mean we're, we're no hilda i'm a dum-dum you know. I, but just to I give am. you a taste a taste this is page 12 in the book i highlighted this because i was like please join please join us on this journey this following bunch of words is all one sentence this is one sentence Static blared from the transceiver, a box-shaped contraption inlaid with dials and filaments of conductive metals with ether hearts glowing within glowing white laden with magic from the Tempest Road, a storm-streaked dimension that produced sound, normally in the form of thunder, but it could be manipulated to carry voices across the distance to what was known as the ether wave. I was like, blah, 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 blah. Like, there was just so many, wor- so many words and things and places I didn't know. I don't know what the Tempest Road is. I don't understand what the trans... See, I mean, I, I understand it's like a radio, but it was just like this is this is a lot to unpack in a sentence. Didn't have any of the fancy vocab words, sorry. But again, conflagration. We don't get to use that often in a sentence, and I appreciate her pulling out the SAT words for this. You know, and I uh, think makes it easier for part two because you're like, I don't know if I got used to it. It's part two has more of the relationship building, right? And you know, me and you are kind of like, ooh, love. Give me some spice. Give me some tension. Um, um, Angst, which they do have a lot of, by the way. Oh, this was all Um, my favorite tropes. All my favorite tropes. We have a forced marriage trope, a one-bed trope, a- Enemies to lovers. Enemies to lovers. Super tension. Like, ooh, I just loved it. Sassy. Oh, yeah. Sassy banter back and forth. Both sides. Both sides, definitely. 
It could have used with a tinge more sexy time. Yes. I wanted them to get to second base like early in part two, not like 90% of the way it, we finally got to second at base. Least, at least it was a slow burn that kind of resolved itself in the first book. We didn't have to wait until book three. Correct. Um, I, I'm a little concerned about how the book ended on this one that I'm kind of like, uh, she might regress and start this all like, over Like there could have been some a good like a hate bang. Nice hate hate fucking could have been really nice on this. You know, yeah, when they were in tension. I will tell you exactly when we go into the deep dive when there should have been. I bet it's the same place I was thinking. But Hilda, let's hear your thoughts too. Okay. Also, I'm so sorry. I'm like, let's go into (laughs) your thoughts. But I'm going to keep talking because I saw your notes in here and I was like, why do I keep picking up specifically Kylo Ren from this? And then I saw your notes and I'm like, I am not the only one. This why did you get this too? And then you I see the background. So please explain to all of us. Okay, so number one, thought number one, this isn't smut, it's literature. Okay. Okay. We know. I feel like we classed it up this time. It was rich and descriptive, and I felt really immersed in the world, and I really appreciated it. Uh-huh. That was my first thought. You two were like, ah. Oh. This was this was HBO. This was not Bravo. Uh, all right. I, I don't know if HBO. I feel like this is more of like a, a PBS, like oh, great elevated. Okay. This is like a Downton Abbey. You know, like it's a very rich, oh, yeah, classy yeah, that's world. That's a good point. Yeah, we're talking yeah, about True Blood is on HBO. This is not. Yeah, no, an HBO, HBO would have given book. us given us some like fangs and bangs. It would have okay. opened with like a finger bang. <laughs> so come to find out that the background and i found this on an article online which i will link in the show notes but apparently okay so the storyline is supposed to be inspired by east asian myths but it also started as a kylo ren ray fanfic i picked up on that immediately they were supposed to be um forced into an arranged marriage uniting not only the rebel alliance and the empire but also the hapes cluster if i butchered that star wars people please don't come after me it's inspired by the Star Wars Legends novel, The Courtship of Princess Leia, in which Leia Organa was supposed to marry into Hapen society. Anyways, I thought that was really interesting because my other note had to do with, I'm not an Adam Driver hater, like mm-hmm. he's so talented, but he is not a traditionally attractive person. He becomes mm-hmm. attractive because he is so talented. Correct. So, in my mind, when I'm trying to like imagine this really hot guy, Adam Driver is not the person Constantly. that comes to mind. And so I was like, why am I running into so many pictures of like that are inspired by Adam Driver? I'm like, when did he become he, you know the new Sand? Oh, oh my God. I have read so many books that are with some version of Kylo Ren and really? Ray. Ray. Yes. And a lot of people no don't idea. realize it and until someone's like, hey, this is the fanfic. This is fanfic. This is like fanfic inspired. Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood is one of them. Someone also said that Forget Me Not is another one. Um, the only fanfic to this day that I'm like, oh, that was fanfic is like Fifty Shades of Grey. That's the only thing that I can very obviously say was fanfic. Well, it's fanfic inspired. Like she you know, wrote the series and yeah. used some of those recurring themes, not actual fanfic. Because, you know, there's a whole section of book talk that is fanfic people. And they it's read like a- the Hermione um Draco Draco fanfic. I am we should also a- add Manacle on I, I want to see it, but then I saw some artwork and it made me very sad and like I don't mm. I don't know if I want to read this now. I think it'll be a journey. We should do I it. feel like a such a f- book talk virgin sometimes i'm like only like skimming the surface or something right i'm like not deep into corner i guess um right now i'm just in like the crescent city comes out in a week corner so it feels like everyone is just waiting like everyone's just like paused we're all just i don't know maybe that's just it's just me everyone's in their rereads everyone's catching up and i hope you're listening to this podcast to catch up Caitlin, you mentioned the magic system. I really like the magic system. I kind of go into a, it a little bit. Um, definitely, we're going to butcher the pronunciations, so please don't come after us. We did our best. We tried. We You should have 
heard us rehearsing earlier. Yeah. Um, and now there's a debate. Is it Alaric or Alaric? The funny part is, is that we're debating the easiest name <laughs> in the book. There, there are some names in here that Talison. I... Talison was easy. It was like Alison with a T. Talison. Talison, Talison. Talison. I was doing Talison. It's Talison. Um, I see in my else? head I was like Talison. Yeah, you know what? It's so funny, Hilda, because I was really struggling with Adam Driver specifically in this. I'm like, I'm like, can I just close my eyes and like pretend it's Reese? Reese energy. And yes. I'm like, no, every time it's Adam Driver energy, which is not bad. It's just not. Yeah. I was trying to get like some like Zayden energy too because you yeah. know how Zayden is supposed to be like darker skinned. And I don't know why, but then I was like, wait, no, is this guy pale? I will mm-hmm. say, as as descriptive as they were about, uh, or descriptive as she was about everything in this world, I feel like we didn't get as good a picture of what the characters actually looked like. I agree. And I liked that, actually. I was going to say, but now I I'm think struggling. she did that on purpose. Yeah. But now I'm struggling with what they're supposed to look like. Except for Sometimes, his hair. Sometimes. Very specifically, we yes. know he had <laughs> like dark, hair. flowing and- hair. She mentioned the nose, and I was like, that is an Adam Driver nose. Oh, unconsciously. Like, maybe that's where I picked up and was like, that's schnoz. It's going to stick did with nobody you. Else, did nobody else watch Adam Driver and Girls when he was, like, such a skis? So, like, ugh. Okay. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. He's so talented. His, so talented. Good, but it just, like, okay. Anyways, moving on. He's not making um, the white shoes for you. Okay. No, he's not. Um, okay, background, background. Oh, any other thoughts, ladies? No. Okay. I liked it. I will I will say, I liked it a lot. I didn't love the characters though. I liked them. Didn't love them. I agree. I, liked I don't them. know why. I li- like I liked them. I want to know more about them, but I'm not like, ooh. I'm not obsessed with them right away. Correct. Like I wouldn't boohoo cry if they died. Just kidding. I might for Talisman. Yeah, I was like, well, I don't know. I, was I, like, I, I might. I, think I, I might, might even cry when grumpy grandma dies oh i think when the dad dies i feel like he's gonna die in this book like the series okay okay that'll be sad um okay so the author thea um guanzon guanzon um is filipina and she lives in in manila and this is her debut novel uh so congrats girl yay like a strong one to come out the gate with i know i was like you lady you're talented um so anyways, we talked about the East Asian myths and Kylo Ren. I wanted to dig more into what exactly were the East Asian myths, but I couldn't find anything quickly as I was prepping. Um, so I'm going to need to do a deep dive on that later. This is supposed to be a trilogy. And we know that that is my perfect amount of books for a series. <laughs> so excited. I wonder if it's a trilogy because the original Star Wars books were a trilogy Ooh. or a Star Wars movie. Maybe she's playing homage I like that. I like that. We'll see. Um, Okay. So the magic in the book, and this is a direct quote from somewhere in the book. Ether is the prime element that binds all the others together and connects each dimension to the next. An ethermancer can traverse the ether's path in specific ways. Rain singers, fire dancers, shadow forged, wind callers, thunderstruck, enchanters, and light weavers. So basically the ether, which we know is always like the substance of the magic, um, is kind of in another dimension. And so they can like bring it out of that dimension. And they actually go and hang out, meditate in places on this continent that like has their power, like sprout out. I don't know. Doing a terrible job of explaining that. I imagine it like kind of like a geyser going yes. off, and like then a geyser with your type of magic of magic. Yes, and it's supposed to like help you. Okay, so the story: nineteen years before the start of the book, in an incident known as the Cataclysm, two states in the Sardovian Allfold, which I guess is like a group of nation states, went to war with each other. Sunstead, which was home to all of the light weavers. And Keseth, which is ruled by um, the shadows. So the Light Weavers killed King Ozilus Osinast, and his son Gaharis ascended the throne. Um, he ended up leading his country, Keseth, to victory. Um, and so they annexed Sunstead. And he um, killed all the Light Weavers for killing his father. And he began calling themselves the Night Empire. 
Um, and so essentially that's how the hurricane war started because now uh, Kaseth, AKA the night empire is trying to conquer all of these nations in the Sardovian Allfold, and the Sardovian Allfold is like trying to avoid being conquered. They've implored the Nunavar Dominion for help, but they've wanted to stay neutral in this conflict and they don't want to really get involved. And by the way, Nunavar has dragons. A little Which bit I important. Like it, we just kind of like, we glot, they're not the main source or dragon, story yeah. character. Like they're just like talked about, like, oh, a big dragon flew over. Oh, a dragon roared in the distance. A dragon flew over the ship. And you're like, whoa. There's more to unpack there. A dragon got injured by these assholes. I feel like our reaction to dragons was the same reactions they had when they found out they were actual dragons because they thought it was a myth as well. And we said, oh, shit, they are dragons. And that was it. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, shit, yeah. Watch that thing um, go. <laughs> so our heroine is Taliesin, and she is an orphan who can't remember her family and she grew up on the streets as a beggar before she joined the army. So she had a terrible upbringing and life was hard for her. She was in an orphanage before she became a beggar on the streets. Yeah. And they mistreated her in the orphanage. It was not good. So one day, Kesseth decided to invade the town that she was living in. And I don't remember the names of any of the places in this book other than like the countries. And so she ended up manifesting her power and... She joined the army. Uh, she's always felt a strong connection to the Nenevar Dominion, which, fun fact, is a matriarchal society. Uh, Hell so yeah, it woman is. Power. I really enjoyed that whole just system of I matriarchy. Really love that. Matriarchy. There we go. So the book starts with her friend Cade or Katie. Alexa said Cade. Uh, Caitlin says Katie. It's a different spelling, so we don't know. Um, K-H-A-E-D-E, A-E-D-E, right? Yeah. Katie. Yeah. You guys want me to throw you for a loop? Oh, God. What did you say? So Kahid. it's... Yeah. <laughs> Kahid. Kahid. Okay. I mean... That's, I could be. Who are we to say at this point? Yeah. Um, no, it's so- not Kahid. It's Kahid. 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 Because the so- K-H would make a K sound, and then you have A-E-I-E, and then D. Okay, so like Cade is the Americanized version of I guess so. I don't know. Okay. Katie's nickname. <laughs> uh there is a wartime wedding going on and Cade, Kahid, Katie, whatever her name is, and Soul are getting married. Also, um, she's like two months pregnant. So anyways, crazy wartime wedding. And right after the ceremony, they're attacked, and of course they fight. And so Talison is a helmsman and she pilots some type of vehicle which i'm assuming is like a plane but not a plane i'm not gonna get like a hovercraft i guess i'm not gonna get really specific about the weapons and vehicles used in this book because there's just a lot um but they have interesting names like coracles it's a coracle like i pictured it like a, a hovercraft meets a sailboat Yes, so did I. Exactly. Okay. So, um, it seems like something that would be straight out of the movie um, Dune. Yeah, or Atlantis. Or Star Wars. Or oh, Star Wars, yeah. Well, you or know Star what's funny? Wars. As you're rereading this to me, Hilda, I'm like now seeing it through a different lens of, wow, this is really Kylo Ren and Rey. Rey. Like, she's Rey. I'm seeing it now. The orphanage. She's grown up. She comes into her magic. She doesn't understand, but she's a call to this land. Go on. It's like a whole new world <laughs> right now. So new world. So, anyways, she's in her vehicle and she's fighting, but eventually she gets shot down. And she, by the way, they're like in a cold place. It's called like Frost Plum or something like that. It sounds so charming, Frost Plum. It does. Not to be confused with Sugar Plum, right? That's what I thought of. Like it's charming little wintry town. But of course, you know, lots of fighting. Um, so she runs into this guy on the ice from the Kesseth or the Night Empire. Let me stop butchering Kesseth. Just call it the Night Empire. And he tries to kill her. Uh, she like tries to kill him. And then she ends up running into Prince Alaric. And he's a shadow weaver. She's a light weaver. They have a conflagration of their magic um, when it meets and it creates like this weird thing. And it's very impressive. 
and she ends up getting away from him after she headbutts him. So that was a lot of fun. Anyways, the Sardovian Allfold is retreating, and we find out that Sol died in the battle um, as he was retreating, which was terrible. And Cade is devastated, although she doesn't show it because she's a badass bitch. Anyways, um, Talison is called to a meeting with Amarante Vela, who is actually a deserter from the Night Empire, um, and she switched sides because she doesn't agree with what the Night Empire is doing. Um, anyways, uh, General Bayashima had gone to Nenevar to try to like become allies with them, and he was not successful. However, when he was there, he saw a light sever, and apparently ever since what happened in Sunstead and all of the light weavers um, were all killed and all of the light severs were destroyed, but it looks like there's one in Nenevar. Um, so basically, everyone knows that Taliesin, or I guess all of the higher up military brass knows that Taliesin is a light weaver. So they want to send her to the light sever so she can go power up. hang out with it. Commune, Essentially. I the word they commune. said. You must commune, there we go. The light. It's like, I am, my thoughts are running out. <laughs> Three brain cells um, left. <laughs> yeah, none left. Um, so anyways, she needs to go commune with the lightsaber um, so she can get more training and become better because she's very good at like whipping weapons out of thin air because obviously she pulls them from the other dimension, but she can't really shield. Anyways, General Bayashima draws her a map and she sneaks into Nenevar. Um, but somewhere along the way, they were betrayed, potentially by Coxswain Darius. What a name. What a name. I know. Um, and Alaric, or Alaric, now I don't know how I'm pronouncing his name, um, goes to Interceptor because his father wants him to kill all of the Lightweavers. So anyways, they make their way to the temple and they arrive obviously separately, but they end up confronting each other again and they're fighting and they create another one of those crazy magic shield things that they do. Um, which calls the attention of the guards and Nenevar, and they come and they are taken prisoner because Nenevar, not only is it like wanting to remain neutral, but they're also like a little bit of isolationists. So mm -hmm. they really like don't like outsiders just walking in and hanging out at their temples or whatever. So anyways, the guards also carry something that cancels out their magic and incapacitates them. So Alaric can't use his shadow weaving and Taliesin can't do any of her light weaving magic. Anyways, she's getting questioned by one of the guards and the guard thinks that she looks exactly like Hanan and Vralis. She was the wife of Prince Elogby and therefore she was supposed to be the heir to the throne. Because um, again, matriarchal society. So even though there's a prince, it would be his wife. Uh, because the prince can't be the king. Anyways, we come to find out that Taliesin is the long-lost heir to Nenevar. And that's why she's always felt connected to that place. Because uh, she should be there. Bridget, you look like you wanted to say something. I do. Because every single time I think about it, I think about this movie. So when she found out she was a princess of Genovia. this land. <laughs> The way she responded made me think of the scene where Mia finds out that she is princess and the queen says, you are Amelia, whatever, 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 a princess. And she goes, me, a princess? And the queen's like, I beg your pardon? That's exactly, basically what happened. <laughs> yeah, essentially. It's a good Disney callback. So anyways, while she's talking to her newfound father Alaric ends up escaping and she goes after him and he flees and she flees and she goes back to the Sardovian Allfold the war is not going well for the Sardovian Allfold though and so they're eventually conquered in like this crazy battle like they lose they get their asses kicked Amirante Vela is like almost fatally wounded it's just not good while they're retreating, Alaric shows up again and he confronts Taliesin and they kind of get into this fight. But then all of a sudden he's just like, well, you should come with me and train with me so we can like find out why it is that our magics do this weird thing. And she's like, "Uh, no, thank you. Anyways, so they're retreating. They're in the middle of the ocean. 
for the longest time. And then she realizes, hey, I should go back to Nunavar because I am the heir and they need an heir. Her official name is like Lakiska, Lakiska, Lachiska. I think it's Lakiska. I don't know. Another reason she was going back was because she, of course, feels very responsible for the war. As in, she's working close with, what is it, the Emirate? Like their leadership. The Amirante. Yeah, like the Admiral. I don't know why we call it. Yeah. Okay. So she was like, hey, I have a solution. You know, we have our entire army kind of just floating out here in the ocean. I can go to her and make a deal saying, I will gladly take the position as your heir and you hide my people. Because to her, her allegiance is to the people that she's been fighting this war with and not her long lost grandmother. Yeah. And there's a lot of like found family in this because like she did find her family like she physically found Mm -hmm. who she was but her the people that took her in and treated her and cared for her were her wartime team basically her a rebel alliance if you will (laughs) and so there's a lot of a lot of love i'd say for that group and being part of them and looking out for them and checking on them because she didn't have that at the orphanage so she goes back for all of those reasons and more so queen or Duja. Um, she agrees to let the Sardovian Allfold inhabit a small island in the middle of nowhere in their land um, so they can, you know, reestablish themselves. And the island is something like the Eye of God. And there's like a really crazy storm that you have to maneuver through to get there. So her thinking is if they're there, one, the Night Empire will probably never find them. And two, if they do find them, it's totally plausible that we never knew that they were there. So then we won't get in trouble if they come after us. So anyways, side note, Nenevar is supposedly really technologically advanced. And both Alaric and even Taliesin are like, oh, is this what you can accomplish when you haven't been spending the last 10 years fighting a war? Right, because they're so isolated, they have all this access to really advanced tech that the other two are like, what, That's what really is cool. happening? And yeah. they both look at it from a, we could win a war with this stuff. Uh, Alric from the, I can finally take over the rest of this kingdom, and Taliesin from, I can save my people and we can fight back against the Empire. And I feel like this Essential. is another reason that the Queen has been so strict when it comes to her borderlines and who she allows into her dominion Mm -hmm. also i just really Um, enjoyed that there was called the dominion like you don't get to hear that it's always kingdom like uh, let's shake it up every now and then it's like no it's a dominion it's a dominion what is a dominion i don't know something of a group of people it's like a kingdom because the matriarchy dominates there we go i will accept this so for whatever reason emperor gaharis decides to abdicate and he makes Alaric the emperor and he becomes the regent but he's still like pulling the purse yeah or the very much the emperor doing his he's still bidding he's still in charge also i would like to make a note that Alaric thinks that his father is becoming unhinged yeah and ever since his grandfather died and he feels like i don't know there's a one point there is a description of gaharis and it made me think like it was it. Was, I got like Voldemort vibes. Yes. Like he had, he was starting to lose his humanity and was becoming whatever is in the shadows. Yeah, it's go- like he was becoming more like of an essence versus yeah, a physical being. Like his body was actually decaying from all of the use of magic that he was had. overusing. Yeah, like- he was overusing. So I know. I think he like blames his mom because his mom didn't stick around. I'm like mm, that feels no. a little bit misplaced. So- I did okay. I did have this thought a couple of times because we know that Amarante Vela fled, and I was like, "What if she's the mother?" Ooh. I don't think that. I don't think that's the case though, because he seemed to know who Amarante Vela was. But they do hate her an extra lot because the mother, she fled. What, Amar- well, Amarante, oh, yeah. yeah. Like there okay. seemed to be like. I mean, yes, she was a traitor, but they just welcomed a traitor back into their midst like from the other side but they're like real angry about her which made me think I'm like is there more like what's more to their history there like what if she's like an aunt or something or like a I sister. felt like there was more yeah I felt like there was something more there um anyways so Gaharis sends Alaric to Nenevar um because he's like hey you all need to surrender because we're the night empire and we're like 
so strong and stuff. But Queen Arduja is like, no, I don't think so. How about we form an alliance? And why don't you, the emperor, marry my heir? And he was kind of like, what? And then mind you, all of this time, he's like, I wonder what's up with Talison. So like, he's been thinking about her. And he's been hunting her because he let her yeah. go. Well, and well, his dad was like, find her. you need to find her and end her. Like, there's no other way to this. Meanwhile, she's been like prote- practicing to be heir of her kingdom, like going through all the steps and learning about this history. And, you know, when he shows up, this is like one of my favorite scenes. So when they show up, so she obviously she cleans up because she's no longer like a peasant, a soldier, rat. well, yeah. a soldier in the army or whatever and he's like this is actually i'm glad you reminded me about the scene because he sees her and he was like god this woman reminds me of talison and he's like she's beautiful and then all of a sudden like when they realize when he realizes who she is she already knew that she was supposed to like whatever get betrothed to him um it was just really funny he was like what it was a really and good like scene. she knew immediately. She's like, "This motherfucker, I gotta marry him of all people." And he's just like, "Doop de doop doop, I'm gonna marry this person." Wow, they're so nice. Wow, they remind me of this person. And then he's like, "Oh, it is this person." He's like, yeah. "Oh shit!" You're like it, it took really him. Great. It took him a lot longer. And she, I think, it made her seethe even more. Like if I'm remembering, well, correctly. she, she knew. was even angrier. She's like, Ugh. She, she was knew. hoping he wouldn't recognize her immediately. Because yeah. remember, she was covered in a veil and all this stuff, and they did the big revealing. So they did it to kind of mess with him, because even the queen knew that they had this type of relationship, and, you know, they've been in fights before, so it was like having the upper hand. Yeah. But she was also wearing a lot of makeup, and he's only seen her as soldier. Yeah. With, you know... It's like that, uh, like '90s rom com, where like all you have to do is just take off, take off your glasses, glasses. (laughs) basically. Exactly. So, anyways, there's so a lot of the royals or the nobles in Nenevar do not agree with the union of the two, um, the Dominion and uh, the Night Empire, and so they're kind of fighting the Queen on it. And the Queen was actually up until recently in a weak position because she didn't have an heir. So there's a lot of like court intrigue and politics. And then also the Night Empire is like, we need to negotiate. So they actually spend a lot of time negotiating what exactly is going to happen with the marriage contract. Lo and behold, we end up finding out that part of the reason that the queen wants them to get married is because of the power that they create um, when they fight. And we find out that there's this thing called what is it the world eater? And yeah. so every thousand years, there one of the there's the void fell, um, which I guess is like one of those geyser magic things that Caitlin explained earlier. It explodes and it decimates everything within a surrounding area. And through the years, it keeps decimating larger and larger areas. And so we've gotten to the point where none of our thinks that like their entire dominion is going to be destroyed by this world eater and it's also going to trickle into the night empire and so the queen thinks that if alaric and talison use their magic they can possibly create a shield and save everybody so the other thing too though is that the none of our dominion has been um storing up resources this entire time so that they can actually survive this Right, because every thousand years, it would essentially almost wipe out all of their islands, maybe save a few. And like people would evacuate, but still it would take out all their crops. It would take out all their waters. Like everything basically died. And so generations ago, one of the queens put plans in place so that they believe that most of their people will survive. And they put like evacuation plans and they have like a disaster plan almost ready for, for when this hits. But because the the void is getting so much bigger each year, it's not only going to hit their little dominion. It's going to hit the rest of the continent that Kasseth just basically conquered. conquered. Yeah. So like in 50 days or so, I guess what it was, like all of the work you've done will be for naught because no one is going to be alive to see it. So the stakes, yeah, they're high. Um. So anyways, 
while they're negotiating the marriage contract, these two are also supposed to be training together. There's always a lot of tension and a lot of banter. And specifically, we come to find out that they only can really unify their powers when there's an eclipse. Oh, also, fun fact, there's seven moons on this continent. I did like that. And so they've had eclipses with like, you know, only like, I think a couple of the moons when they've had that weird thing happen with their magic. Um, But the night of the world eater, um, it's going to be a total eclipse of all seven moons. That's why Uh, it's called a a world eater, because the tale was that was it the sun or the i think there was a dragon the dragon comes up and he eats all seven moons essentially the world or something like that yeah i don't know it's cool anyways also i just want to add when you were talking about the matriarch like she had no heir so going back to queen urja or duja or duja and so she didn't have any heirs. And I know you said it's a matriarchy. It, it passed down through the women's line. But I just really love that they're like, she only had boys. There's no heir. Because normally, normally in the world and in other, other books, it's just there's such a presence and a significance placed on having boys. So it was really nice to see this flipped to say like, oh, no, you only produce boys? How terrible right. are you? And Taliesin's mom was supposed to – be the heir she was supposed to take that role on so she's actually an outsider and um when her dad was traveling you know gallivanting across you know the different kingdoms he saw her fell in love with her and then brought her home to marry her and that was the first time an outsider has ever ever married a royal and so when she became the wife she denied her role to rule the kingdom as heir so when she had this baby, which is Taliesin, it was so important that Taliesin was protected when they had their own little silver war because she was the rightful heir of the throne and the silver war broke out because they were trying to get rid of her and her grandmother. They yeah, were so the, sil- the civil war was because Prince Alagbi is the second son. So his older the brother, son. the first son, was trying to like overthrow the family and then on top of that, um, Hanan had sent, unbeknownst to the queen, help to Sunstead. So, like, even though they've always been isolationists, they kind of got involved in the cataclysm, but it didn't go well for them. So it was just like it was it was a mess. Right. And the reason she did mess. that was because she is a light weaver from where her people are from. They have that power there as well. And then the sunset are light weavers. So she's like, they're technically my people as well. I'm going to try to help them. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we, one of the nights, the first time Taliesin and Alaric train in front of the, I don't want to call them sorcerers, but maybe it is sorcerers. The, um, Essentially the enchanters who enchanters, are like the scientists. Yes. Um they almost destroy something and he saves her from like falling debris. So we know these two have feelings for each other. Even oh, though we they knew they did the second the he was time. like, join me. And she's like, why would I? <laughs> and then like And actually at, at some point Alaric gets tired of all of like the bullshit negotiating and he's basically like, listen, Queen or Doja, I'm gonna go with her. We're gonna go commune at the light sever so she can figure out how to use her magic. And we're going to, like, sign all these contracts and we're just going to get this wedding done because I'm over the bullshit. So when they go to commune at the temple where the lightsaber is, um, they end up making out because, of course, all the tension. Now, it was, this. It was, this was the scene that I thought he was going to throw her on the floor oh. and fuck the living shit out of her. But it's literature, not smite. It's literature, I know. not smite. But what a perfect, perfect scenario. That's where I wanted them to be. That's where I wanted them to go. Because it was like they were so tensiony and like they're helping each other, but they're not. And they're finally away from the prying eyes of everyone, their guards, their families. And it it was just them. And I'm like, oh, come on. I just wanted them to give in to it and just have like this incredibly passionate re- Regretful experience because they're still technically enemies and she still technically hates him, but she like wants him. But this is where now 
you know, Bridget and I say, like, this is where we wanted them to, like, bang, bang, bang. They only had a steamy kiss. A, a steamy kiss was all we got there. And so I would have liked them to do get into second base. That's where I would have liked it to be. Something. Anything. Something where they're both. And interestingly enough, because I texted you guys, I'm like, are they they both virgins? I know. And they do say, they're like, I never had time in the battles to be with anyone. And I'm like, not a single soul? Like not one person? I mean, she. Okay. So you pick up that she has at least touched herself. I didn't pick that up. Did you pick that up? I picked. I picked that up. Oh, didn't yeah. see that part. I think she made like a comment about like how it feels different now when she does it herself. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. He, he said that he had never had time for women. But now, that doesn't mean that he did not. I'm like he seemed to yeah. know what he was doing. So I'm like, okay. Exactly. So I was this like. This isn't like the fumbling first times. Again, not, this is fantasy. Not being in love. True. <laughs> Men find the clit on the first time. Right. <laughs> exactly where it is. <laughs> I mean. Only the men in fantasy could. Exactly. Right. Right. Only okay. the men in fantasy could. Fantasy. Um, okay. So, anyways, the day of the wedding comes. Oh, before this, we find out that uh, they are definitely expected to consummate the wedding to make sure that, like, all of the treaties and shit are in place. Now, um, I thought when they were talking – because they talked about this a lot, like, consummation. I'm like, are they going to have to, like – is this going to be like a medieval consummation where people had to watch them do it or there needs to be some kind of proof that we're checking the sheets for? Like, what are we – I don't know. I just thought there was some kind of – there was going to be a little bit more to it than like, all right, we're leaving you in a room now. Have fun. <laughs> I mean, that is a good point. Anything else would have been creepy, but I get it. It's, right, it right. Like it would have been creepy, point. but I was just – it just – they kept mentioning like you're going to con- – I mean, I get it because we're trying to get to – you know, where we're trying to get to, but I just thought there was going to be some kind of more formality around it, given how formal the treaty how negotiations. How much they stressed it. Right. Because this was like seven days of treaty negotiations. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Anyways, so the wedding happens. She looks beautiful. He is stunned by her beauty. I really liked the vows. I'm um, glad you mentioned that because the vows were beautiful vows. They were, which like, also be adds to, to the this. tension, right. which adds to the tension of we're only doing this in name only, but clearly we have feelings for each other. So the fact that I have to say them is beautiful, but also I can't let you know that I feel them or that I am like touched by them. So like that whole ball of emotions, I love and appreciate. I, the, It's the pining, like if only he knew I liked him, if only she knew yeah, it gets a little exhausting and, after a while. And she thinks does. she thinks that he doesn't think that she's beautiful, even though like he's called her beautiful. It's just you know whatever. So, anyways, we get to the wedding night, and he's like, "I'm gonna sleep on the floor," and she's like, "Just get on the stupid bed because my lady's maid is gonna like come in here, and she needs to at least see you in the bed." So, anyways, he gets into the bed. They get into a fight. I forget why they got into a fight. But at some point, he, like, reaches over, he pins her down, and, of course, they make out. And then it's, like, boom, explosion. Almost sex. So close. I was about to say, I don't remember what they did. This was was third base. It was third base. It was third base. It was mutual handies. Yeah. (laughs) Mutual handies. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I was when I you was, were asking Caitlin, I was like, "Oh God, I don't even remember." I was like, "Maybe he ate her." Oh, I don't even know what to tell Caitlin yeah. right now to tell her there's a light at the end of the tunnel because I don't remember. Because I texted them, I'm like, "Woohoo, we're almost to the wedding night, and this better mean a stopover in Bangtown because the tension was getting so stopover close." I'm like, I need something Bangtown. here. <laughs> it was not a stopover, just a, a stop. Yeah. Given that we okay. visited, it was a brief visit. Yeah, given that it was, a, it's a slow burn. Had I wished they'd gone all the way, yes. But was this also like sufficient and good? Yes. Sure. Also, this book is only four hundred and seventy-eight pages, so I feel like it delivered. It felt really long. Um, it was only four hundred pages. I, I would have told back. you seven hundred pages. I thought it was like six hundred pages for sure. But I take back what I said earlier when I said this was the scene that I wanted them to bang. Okay, I lied. 
that was the scene I wanted them to get handsy with each other. Mm-hmm. This is the scene I wanted them to bang. Not that we talk about it. I revised my statements. When they were doing that hot, steamy fighting scene, kiss. The temple scene. Yeah. The temple scene. Yes. What is it you said? Mutual handies. Mutual handies. Um, that would have been perfect for that scene. And then this one would have been the, we are married. Yes. I could have done that with like a, we got our anger, anger, sex, passion out. And then it's like, oh, ooh, that was kind of good. And then they have like this sort of more romantic thing. But then it's obviously something there's in a fight or something like that because afterwards. Because I, mean, I need yeah. the tension to continue. But I need them to be like, yeah. hot damn, that was amazing. And so also, so we haven't really gone into like sort of their relationship. But she obviously thinks that he is a monster because he has been the head, you know, the face of conquering all these people. He's killed so many of like her friends and the soldiers. He on the other hand, is like, I am destroying these countries or annexing these countries or whatever, changing the way of life so that, you know, beggars that are on the street like you don't have to be that way. Like, how are the greater good? Exactly. He's like, how are you so loyal to this place that like had you on the streets? And she's not wrong. And he's not wrong. I have no clue who to believe at this point, to be honest. And also, it's clear from how he says it, the story that he knows about the cataclysm is slightly different than the one that everybody else seems to know. And so, we like, know that his dad has had basically his heir the entire time because he, even while he's technically emperor, he's been meeting with his dad through the Shadowlands. So it's kind of like one of those things, like I don't trust what he believes 100% because his dad's been whispering in his ears, but also I know his intentions are good. Because yeah, he thinks like, he's saving the kingdoms. He think yeah. So interesting just debate there. So anyways, the next day she's like, we shouldn't have done that. He's like, we shouldn't have done that. So anyways, I'm going to head back to Keseth so that, um, and I'll see you in a month when you come for your coronation. Because now, obviously, she's not only the heir of Nunavar, but she's now the Night Empress. Right, so they each hold interesting titles because in his country, in his land, he's the ruler and she should be the obeyer. But when they switch over back to her kingdom, she's the captain, and, and he's he the consort. Right, which is I think is an interesting dynamic to flip between. Right, and I think now that she is Night Empress, she became more powerful, and so her grandmother has kind of been pulling the strings on her side because you know she's still queen and. She has an agenda and she has kind of like harmed her in a way because she's been withholding information and kind of playing the cards throughout the entire book. And at that point, after she gets married, she realizes, oh shit, like I'm not just heir, I am knight empress. And now I have a whole bunch of power because like now it's me and my husband, even though they're, they did it for not love and they for did political it for political reasons. Yeah. So the grandmother is finally like, oh shit, like now you're learning and checkmate. But let's talk about what happens when Alaric gets to Kisset. So he gets back and his father is basically like, um, yeah, so some that ceremony magic. So the thing that incapacitated their magic like when a, they were initially in Nunavar, it's a bird that they keep in a cage. Yeah, I picture like a peacock. Yeah. A small peacock. He's like, I stole one and I'm going to figure out how to use it to my advantage um and that's kind of like the way that the book ends it's funny because i actually could not remember how this book ended and i had to like flip back and see what it was and I was yeah like, so oh. it ends with him saying oh we're gonna test how to make their weapons more powerful and you know destroy enemy weapons with this bird magic thing and then also the dad's like great and now we're gonna finally wipe out your wife like we're gonna end the light weaver and he's like what yeah because obviously he has feelings for her and he's horrified that he had gotten a hold of this magic because he had his you know his what was her position there was that general or mathis commodore there was like some bitchy little yeah. person with him the entire time who was like well the king wouldn't like that you know it's just like one of those people you're like ugh. Get out of here, lady. She stole the bird. And now we know it's going to be used for evil. 
not for the greater good. Like he had been sort of tricking himself into believing that like we're all doing this for a greater, higher purpose. And now it's just seeming like, no, we're all just doing it for death and yeah, destruction. For power. Correct. Yeah. And so I can feel that our man is conflicted. And, yeah, um, I feel like both of them have been playing parts in opening their eyes to the truth. Like he helped her realize that the grandma has been pulling the strings and that now she has power. She should step up to the grandma. And in return, Taliesin has kind of like nudged him into seeing that like his dad might be a little fucked in the brain and is definitely still pulling the shots. And she's questioning why, if you are emperor. Right. Yeah. And um, that's basically it. That's, that's the book. wrapped up for the Hurricane Wars. Let's go into ratings. Um, I gave it a four. I gave Very it a solid debut. And I can't wait for book two. Bridge, you gave it a 3.5? Oh, yes. Sorry. 3.5. I gave it a 3.75 because it immediately wanted me – I wanted to jump into the next book, which I feel like is a sign of a good book. I was already like, ooh, the next one. Um, do we have a release date on the next one? I don't think we do yet. I checked oh, her. Man. I checked her website. I want to say it comes out this year, but oh, okay, it's not that bad. I thought it was gonna be like a twenty twenty five thing, and I was gonna say I what? thought it was a twenty twenty five thing too. Just the way we've been going with these books. Every time we think we're getting one come on out sooner, and again we say take your time, take your time to write something good, because we'll be here. We'll be here. We'll be covering it. <laughs> Um, so those were our star ratings that was the book overall we liked it we're excited to see where this takes us and thank you to our friend who recommended this sorry we did not <laughs> capture your name to give you proper credit but you know who you are so with that let's head over to our spotify shout outs and uh reviews so spoiler warnings it looks like the books that we're covering in this one are akatar some mass first theories and Zodiac Academy. Zodiac Academy and then Endless Fate that's Kevin's book so if you haven't read any of those books and you don't want to hear the discussion points on those then skip on over and we'll see you in like 10 minutes Mass Verse includes everything from Crescent City to Throne of, of Roses and Throne of Glass yep. just to be clear and if you haven't read all those things this is your warning we've warned you now you cannot be bad <laughs> we jumped around to this all right, so let's get into our friend from Isabel S. from Spotify. <clears throat> she answered the question from Zodiac Academy 3. Did you guess the twins' order forms before they emerged? She said, I did. I first got the idea when Tori burnt Darius's treasure. Then they, then when they got to their weird red-blue fire, it confirmed it for me even more. Oh, love it. A sleuth on the case. She got it right away. <laughs> and more answered the Spotify question from An Endless Escape. Are you reading this series and should we continue covering it? And she said, I'm just listening to you on this one. And I, I would say we want to hear this feedback more because we want to make sure we're capturing books that you guys actually want us to talk about. So love to hear you from you. Paige answered the same question. Are you continuing to read the series and should we continue to cover it? She said she didn't read either book, although A Forbidden Fate has been on my TBR for a while. Couldn't get myself to read, so I decided to just listen along. If the reviews are good for the third, then maybe I'll consider continuing. Well, you know, we're probably going to see it through, I guess. Assuming this is not like a nine-page book thing. I mean, a nine-book <laughs> nine series. Nine series. Yes, a nine-page book. Wow, wouldn't that be refreshing? I was like, give me the nine-page book. I would love to read that. How does this just wrap up? The end. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, they all fell in love and live happily ever after. Nine- Sounds like a goal for the stocking of stuffter. I know, right? Uh, this is from Maria. She answered the question from Akatar Book One. What did you think of this episode? She said, Amazing. Loved it. Now, please, please, please do Throne of Glass. I reread the whole series and finally finished it this September and would love to hear your comments. Yay. All right. So, just a spoiler warning because we're going to talk about it a little bit. We are doing a very quick, quickie recap of that whole series just to get us prepared for an upcoming book launch. If you know, you know, or upcoming book release. If you know, you know. And then we will be deep diving later on this year as we go through all of those books. So more to come. You'll get it this year from us, Maria. Megan M. answered the question, what is your favorite Massverse theories? She said, Emily from Emily's Theories on TikTok was interviewed on a court of fairies and fangirls, and it was mind-blowing. And I will say, a lot of the theories I think we read from our Unhinged Theories in our, or our interview we did with Sarah of Rosebud Mode from TikTok – 
covered a lot of the theories I get from Emily's Emily's theories, theories because Emily's she has such the, good ones. She does the slideshow with the yes. songs in the background. Yes. And it's like 20 slide slideshow, but it's like proof after next proof week. after proof. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, Brooke from Spotify, Brooke W from Spotify answered the question, do you think you'll ever recover from Lily's death in Crescent City 1? She said, no. Also, I've been pronouncing Donica. I think it sounds prettier. IDK. (laughs) (laughs) I... We accept this new version and we'll be adding it into the rotation. (laughs) Donica. So that's interesting because remember, I think we had some theories on some connections to... Danica, Don, 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 yes. Yes. I'm like, if this is Donica this entire time, oh boy, that was a clue we missed. (laughs) So thank you to everyone who answered some questions on Spotify. You can find those there every single week. You can go back and answer ones you haven't answered previously, and there'll be new ones live for every episode. And so answer a question, and we'll talk about it live here on the podcast. Also want to thank the following folks for leaving us Apple reviews. Thank you guys so much. It helps us – every time you leave a review, it helps us find more friends to talk about are these lovely books with. So the first one is from Bianca Cheese. Um, the comment was, the stocky who stuffed her. The hosts have been talking about writing this, and I'm here for it until they see it through. So we're going to do our best. Hey, have an like outline. Get on that stuffing, huh? Can you imagine? I'm like – Mother, I am now a published author. My book is called The Stocking Who Stuffed Her. <laughs> Please do not read it. Nope. Uh, we're going to call this our passion project for 2024. Let's it see what happens. Passionate, all right. <laughs> Ooh, it'll be funny. Uh, Alyssa0606 said, can't stop laughing. I didn't read Romanticy before listening to these ladies, but they've convinced me. So we're so glad to have you aboard, Alyssa. 0606. Um, <laughs> Alex10402 said, lighthearted. I'm sure there's other podcasts out there for intellectual deep dives on smutty fairy books, but that's not what I wanted. These girls crack me up, and that's why I need to disassociate from my crazy life, and I feel like we're friends. Hello, new friend. We, we are like friends. friends. Right. And we're not we're not gonna give you the deepest dive and like the theories. We're, yeah. the, we're the book. We're the we're your neighborhood book club. We're getting together. We're drinking some wine. We're gonna pronounce some names wrong. We're gonna come up with some theories right on the spot, and we're gonna give you the thoughts and feels. That's what we're gonna hear for. The pop of video of the book world, if I will, maybe that's us. Last, safe space. Safe yeah, space. Safe space. <laughs> the last review is from P Hammy. P H A M I. So hopefully this is not right. Uh, hilarious. The hosts have been getting dinged for mispronunciations. Oh. Have we ever? So many dings. <laughs> so many dings. But those of us who aren't diehard author fans say it the way they do. I listen because they're funny and you should too. Well, if there's a glowing review, if I've ever heard one. Can I just say, there have been so many, um, I haven't, I'll add them to the list as I go through them. There are a lot of people who have been like, yeah, it's Danica. And I now have seen people that are like, well, now I just call her Danica Danica. Yes. And so. You're welcome. Um, Danica Danica. So I just think it's really funny that if you don't listen to the audiobook and if you're not actively looking for the way to pronounce a name, like there's a lot more people out there that get it wrong. Yeah. You think everyone got right. sand right the first time? No. No. Absolutely you not. Think anyone got toll right the first time? Kale. No. Toll. <laughs> Still haven't gotten it right. No. <laughs> Three years later. No. And even Rosebud Mode, who I would consider a a studied author in this, was like, bah, I call him. I mean, I think she called him. We all have different names for them. She was calling them. Chow. Chow. There was Kale, which I think was correct, but I think she was calling the Croc. Crocton, Crocotoan witches. I don't know. Croatian <laughs> witches. Yeah. Croatian witches. There the we go. Cro- That's what no, she was calling it. I was correctly, like, thinking of it. The Crocon like, witches. Crocon witches. There we go. I'm like, my brain cannot Croatian witches. function. <laughs> Thank I mean, back. that's the beauty. That's the beauty of reading books. You kind of just imagine things the way that you imagine them. And that includes pronouncing names the way that you pronounce them. And that's why we all laugh when we get together. Because we're like, wait, how are you saying this in your head? And that's what book club does. That's what it does. 
So thank you guys so much for going to Spotify and Apple to share your thoughts and feelings with us. And if you want more, more of our unhunged thoughts and feelings, well, guess what, friends? You've got access to it because we have launched a Patreon where for I'd say very reasonable fees. You get access to our behind the scenes and different levels give you a one-on-one Zoom call with us. We'll send you a Christmas card. You get some automatic entries into our contests. We do about two a year and those prize winners know we give a good ass prize. So if you would like to consider supporting the podcast, it all goes to keeping this baby ad free so we can keep it rolling and unhinged as ever. So you can find that in the link in our bio. We also do upload... Um, screenshots from our podcast group chat. I'm Apple chat. What what is it called? iMessages, um, where we say some of the most unhinged things. And I you definitely I think add the emoji or the gif I sent you guys. I'm like, can we make it to Bangtown? <laughs> Please, <It's, laughs> it is quality content. So we'll get you some behind the scenes there, and you get access to more of. The craziness that is us. So you're welcome. Now, <clears throat> what do we have? Let's talk schedule. Let's talk what we have coming up. So very next, we are doing a quickie. And I said it before, a quickie recap. Oh, of, wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. A wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Because I'm not trying to make this like a seven-parter <laughs> series. Not the literature version. No. The smut version. <laughs> You'll need to unlock your... Do you- oh, yeah? You what? want the smut version series? <laughs> She's a girl who wants to know what is happening. Which is funny because I'm sitting here and I see it bloop up and I'm like, what? What are you doing? What did you What did you say? I didn't say it. I don't think I said anything. I think she it was said you. she wanted just, the smut version. Yeah, I guess. I'm not sure what she was trying to get into. But she wants to be a part of it. So we said it's a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Maybe that's what unlocked it. A wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Quickie episode series on Throne of Glass because – Again, if you know, you know why you would need to know this before January 30th. 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 Then we're going to be doing the book When the Moon Hatched. And then we'll be back with a three-parter because we're already planning for three parts because we know what we don't know. We have no idea what this book awaits us, but we know we're going to talk about it a lot. So we know we're going to plan for three parts. So there will be three episodes on the new Crescent City 3 book, House of Flame and Shadow, where we're going to dive into all our thoughts and feelings and what happened in that book, because who knows where the world will take us. And by that point, it's almost in February, and I'll just tell you this, this schedule as we get through it. Wow. That takes us through the end of February. End of February. I just need to make it to the end of this week. I <laughs> Hilda's got some big life changes happening. All good things. So keep her in your thoughts and prayers this week uh, for smooth sailings. Very much appreciated. Yes. All right, friends. That is it from us tonight. We'll catch you later. And we'll talk you through a throne of glass next time. So from us tonight, good night.